0: Hello everyone and welcome down to episode number 35 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, that guy over on that screen, Cam Blake down in sunny, sunny today, Cam, Tasmania? It's cold as a witch's tit down here today. It is starting to get chilly and Mm -hmm. we have a third person in the room, so as usual we'll be on our best (laughs) behaviour. We have a very special episode of the Down South Photo Show with our monthly interview and today our special guest is Mr glenn lavender give it up for glenn lavender everyone yeah look at him
1: wow two <laughs> is that how many listeners you've got one each it's just the two of you and well we are the two listeners so yeah hopefully we've got three now i mean you're here well i'm not going to listen though
0: no, you, you know you're going to watch yourself back didn't you no. just say didn't you just say no, you spent the whole
2: me. week with research you spent the whole week researching the show and didn't you just say that? I, I, you no, may okay. not know, but I, I actually
1: have my own podcast, and I put in a full fifteen. Anyway, seconds.
2: moving on. Anyway, from I put it, to no, I put in a, a full
1: fifteen seconds of research for that one, so I'm not sure there I like get <laughs> any more. <laughs> well, give us twenty seconds at least. No, well, I, it's, it's uh, told me what we're doing.
0: Okay, well, it's absolutely love lovely to have you uh, join on in on the Down South Photo Show. um A little say bit of background now. with Mr. Lavender, uh, Cam, and I. Used to work beneath Glenn at Camera Action Camera House. Glenn was technically our boss. Cam, would you call him yeah, our he,
2: boss? I think he even had this, the title of store manager at one stage. And above, yeah, and un- above, and above, yeah. And that that seems to be where everything started going downhill for.
1: Yeah, action camera no, house. when I left, after I left, it went downhill, dude. Yeah. I don't know. They <laughs> <laughs> we were bankrupt, bankrupt six months later. So yeah, <laughs> right, there you go. Right, you were driving a new car though. That's
2: the funny thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, How did that know, come so?
0: about? Mm. Um, I think Glenn could be best described nowadays as a stalwart of the Australian photographic industry. Uh, He is now the owner and creator of Creative Photo Workshops. Uh, He is one half of the Shudders Inc. podcast. How many episodes in on that, Mr. Lavender?
1: 545 or something holy smokes here we are at episode 35 of this little embryonic piece of crap but as anyway, i like to say hard. we've got 500 plus hours of content and 15 minutes of it's worth listening have fun finding it <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> um and yeah as i say many years in camera retail prior to that uh including being our boss at camera action camera house uh, that's i reckon that's a very you... loose term that's very loose term. <laughs> I reckon I met you in two thousand and four. I think that sounds about right. So getting on, known you for about eighteen to twenty years, which is uh, feels like a lot longer. Yeah, I think
2: I think I met you in ninety eight or ninety nine. I think I was a bit earlier. And I met
1: your dad in about nineteen eighty one. Yeah, I know when I was about <laughs> two. So. <laughs>
2: He, he still speaks highly of you, which is—I think—he's losing his mind a little bit. But, That's like uh, dementia. Yeah, dementia. Yeah, dementia kicking in for So, <laughs> uh, but he, he thinks you're okay. I, I've tried to convince him for many years that you're a bit yeah. different, but clueless. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> how would uh, how would you describe your current position or relationship within the Australian photographic
1: industry, Glenn? Um, stagnant. Yes. Yeah. I, well, because of COVID, because I—I I predominantly. Uh, either run photography workshops or photo tours and a lot of my workshops in the us and a lot of my tours obviously only for overseas and um they haven't really been doing much for the last couple of years and yeah. um but i've had some health issues just of yeah. late and uh, so i'm not really able to work for the rest of this year probably as a minimum so stagnant would be a, probably a a, a a good descriptor. If I could be, ju- if I could only be stagnant, that'd be good. You know? that'd yeah, be, yeah, yeah. So we are what we are. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: we're hoping to bring a little levity to your day and to bring you onto the Down South Photo Show. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what you do, and 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 as a fanboy myself, I mean we're we're mates, but I also do uh, absolutely <laughs> do absolutely love what you do with the camera. Um, you've been. Uh, you've been down to my shop a couple of times I run a couple of workshops down here over the last few years, uh, your natural light portrait workshop. Mm. Uh, if hopefully down the track, you get to run those again, because for me, one of the best workshops I've ever been to and certainly the feedback I got from my customers was, was certainly uh, matched that as well. Are you uh, health issues aside uh, 2023 looking ahead to maybe relaunching those?
1: I won't know until my health issues are decided. Even the good, doctors yeah. don't know yet. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. who knows? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Let's good. see if I'm still around. If I am, <laughs> if I am we'll, <laughs> we'll deal with it. I hope so. Let's put it The hope is there. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's all we can have, isn't it? A bit of hope. Yeah. You get to you get a good Take each day as it comes, regardless of your situation in life, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, make the most of stuff because life's uncertain. So, well, I, can't, yeah. I can't
2: wait to share another single bed sort of hotel room with you again, maybe here in in Tasmania or maybe overseas if we go ahead with what we were doing. Um, Because the last one we did in Tassie, that was a a funny old little weekend. It was Um, a great weekend. That was a great weekend. We had a bit of fun in the forests. We had A model pass out on us in the middle of the forest, that was fantastic.
1: Five minutes <laughs> in, too. Like, I'm dropping it in there. It was, a, it a, was little a stamina.
2: Where's a give some stamina? Yeah, I know. She, she, he or she, we won't make a name of it, but uh, fells the perch. Literally, so we'll put a link, we won't mention the name, but we'll put a link, there. we'll put a link, we'll put a link to their profile.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, nah, it was uh, funny days. Uh, now, Gwenley's also law, too, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glenn is also a brand ambassador for uh, Tamron, uh, as you can see by the sponsor. For those of you who can't see and are listening in your cars or hey, in your ears, can do, you we can, do you reckon we can get Tamron to sponsor the show? Well, we've got, we've got the number one so
1: Sponsor here. yours, yeah, but, you, but ours is better. <laughs> oh, yes. oh yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: We're sixth. You're fifth. I understand. Yeah,
1: yeah. But see, we, we deliberately don't show our faces because we figures that would uh, you know, maybe keep the numbers up better how's that going um, for you? <laughs> well we'd have two listeners if we showed our faces so <laughs> Sorry, oh, maybe Brandon. that's
0: what we maybe that's the secret cam well you you you, you <laughs> dropped your face off last episode mid no, mid episode no. oh, he just no. his webcam yeah. stopped so we why went- would you why would you bring that up also brand ambassador for lexar memory think tank photos and ellen crom um still current with those mr lavender
1: well, not Lexar because they're kind of gone uh, and then re- restarted again, but uh, also uh, three legged thing tripods, uh, mind shift gear, um, a few others. You're, you're a bit of an ambassador whore, then, really. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'll, give me free stuff and I'm yours. <laughs> you know, we're not paying you for this, are we? What do you mean? Sorry not... about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's been episode 35 of the Downtown Photo Show. Um, a quick episode's a good episode.
0: Absolutely. Now, I've got um, a new segment for our guests, and you're our guinea pig. Um, I have a segment that I like to call burst
1: mode questions. So, oh, good. I've got, I a love few, Excellent. got a few
0: rapid fire questions for you. Glenn, feel free to and answer them. And I have
1: a thing I call burst mode opinions. Yes. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the two going to go well. With, the, the, very good, well the, good t- the good thing is, Brendan's figured out how to use the bleep. Noise on the on our episodes, so it could be, this could be just completely bleeded out for the next five yeah. minutes. I reckon.
0: Okay, well, these are burst no questions. They're just questions that I've formulated. You can answer them exactly how you want to. Um, there's about what eight of them there. So, first question: film
1: or digital? Digital. Film is ridiculous. Is care to expand? Why on earth would you spend that? Okay, as if you're trying to learn photography, don't learn with film. It takes too long. Learn with digital. Uh, digital. You can. You can. You can grasp more in one day than you can in six months learning with film you know film's an affectation that you're welcome to play around with once you're you know reasonably experienced but if you're trying to um advance yourself in the art form of photography as i said life is not is uncertain you, know, you may get hit by a truck next month and you know you you, you just Got to get involved in, and all this stuff about oh, yeah, did, oh, the field, the field of digital. Now I'm, I'm jaded, I did film for 30 years, you know, so it's nothing special, it's nothing new. Vinyl is the same thing. Um, my, my feeling on, I told you I have opinions, my feeling is that delayed gratification <laughs> is something young people do not know anything about. And things like film, where you take a photograph and have to wait two, three, four, five, who knows how many weeks before you see the result, is something that's so alien in people's life, um, young people's lives these days, that it's a great joy. And that's a good thing. Waiting for things sometimes is a good thing. So I see the benefits. But if you're trying to learn photography, um, or you're working for a client where you need to provide work, it's just not a medium that that's, makes sense. And cost-wise, it doesn't make sense. Now, photography is a business at the end of the day, if you want to be a photographer, you need to cost cut you know, the, the, the world's best photographers are bankrupt, the world's most average photographers who can run a business are successful so film does not make economic sense as a, as a working photographer either so. Yeah. Unless, they're, yeah, unless they're paying bespoke prices for bespoke photos. Uh, I don't think you get any arguments out of Cam and I that that's the,
0: definitely the case, particularly for pro photographers. Like, why would you shoot film? I think we've spoken about this in a, in a, a episodes quite recently. We like shooting film now because it actually slows us down and stops and makes us create, in my opinion, particularly with landscape, which is what we Cam and I shoot a lot of, Um it does tend to slow us down. Yes, you can do that with digital as well. You can stop and take your time. But film, uh, probably because of the costs involved with it more than anything, uh, really does make us slow down. But I completely agree with you
1: that, um, yeah, it's got to be digital all the way if you're looking to run a business out of it. Do you know you can you can buy a digital uh, film it's called a piece of cardboard. You put it over your string. You can't look at your string. <laughs> it's the same result. That's the same. Oh, see, see, I see, and, and this is why I
0: wanted you on this podcast, mate. This is great. Uh, next question, color or black and white? Who
1: cares? Okay. Uh, what was, was you your... For, oh, wait, but look, I'm, happy. <laughs> I, I'm happy with each question to give, a, give my instant response and then yeah. back it up with. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Once again, the color or black and white is, is quite frankly a wank question. You know um, each photograph tells its own story and whether color helps tell that story or whether the lack of color helps tell that story will, is a determining factor. You can't say one thing or another. No one photo is a color photo unless there's elements in it that determined as a color photograph. Um, the, the image will talk to you and tell you what it should be That's really you have to get out of the way of that.
2: Would you say certain genres of photography, adapt themselves more to black and white and color like you know you see a lot of travel photography or street photography that's mostly black and white or they go with that sort of you know walk in the streets of new york sorry it's called an affectation they try to look like people who shot in the 50s yeah but you don't think there's a certain genre that uh, marries itself more
1: to a certain color or black and white feel black and white art mood yeah (laughs) but here's what imagine the 1970s imagine you're doing street photography in the 1970s yeah and you're only shot in black and white and then now you look at the black you've got those photos now you can see style but you can't see the color of the 70s where are the oranges where are the browns where the puke every other color they had (laughs) color, color tells the story of a generation as much as anything else So, um, by eliminating that crucial element in what that era looked like, just for, as I said, to me, it's an affectation. Um, If you're shooting in a really bleak landscape, well, maybe black and white helps. But I said each photo, each each situation will determine whether it's a color of black and white or whether it's an oversaturated color photo or a desaturated color photo. There's place for all of those things. But I think if you only shoot black and white, you're missing out. And if you only think color, you're, you're missing out too. Yep. Going, a step deep, going a step deeper than that, if you're doing a shot, you know, for example, where, where you travel, do you
2: get back when you edit your shots? I know you don't do heaps of editing um, from memory. You're pretty quick and clean about it all. But do you flick between color and black and white when you see the file? Or do you have a bit of an idea
1: when you've shot it that, hey, that's going to work color or that's going to work black and white? Well, usually I shoot black and white uh, JPEG in camera anyway. So okay. I've have, I have customized black and white settings in my camera. If I feel something speaks to me to be black and white, I'll often shoot it there. Yeah. Occasionally, I will do that flip between, but I'll never ask anybody else's opinion. I'll never put both of them no. up on the internet and ask people to ask. Oh, which yeah. One do no. You think? Yeah, that, yeah. No. no. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not a it's not a popularity contest. It's a, no. the, a feeling for your art. So yeah. if if when you look at it in black and white, if if that lack of colour draws your eye to certain parts of the photograph and those certain parts of the story you're trying to tell and or your eyes being drawn in the colour photo to areas because that colour is so vibrant, it's taking you away from the subject then you've got to yeah. eliminate it. So yeah, yeah, it right. really comes down to, yeah, what's your story? Yeah. What are you trying to say? What's the photo about? Um, and make it that however you need to.
0: Yeah,
1: cool.
0: Very comprehensive answer. I like it. Burst mode is looks like it's here to stay. I love it. Yeah. Um, what was your first camera, Glenn?
1: Olympus Trip thirty five. Oh. Actually, I'll lie. I had a little Kodak one two six even before that, back in the nineteen late nineteen sixties. Um, wow. Had yeah. So, um, and when I used to live in England, and uh, so I, I remember taking photos with that uh, little six by six um, little square photographs. Uh, but my first proper camera was Olympus Trip thirty five. Uh, which has no controls on it except for focus distance. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's close, medium, and a bit further away, and that's yeah. it. Uh, well, but my, my first just, real camera was yeah. a Leica M two.
0: Yeah. My, just as a little aside there, my daughter has now got an Olympus trip 35 great um, that a, uh, a customer donated to me. And we, we stuck a roll
1: of film through it the other day and uh, amazing. She, she absolutely loves it. So uh, that, that's maybe before great. I started in, this, in the photo industry in 1981, my mother got me into this business. She dragged me into a camera store by the ear and said, this is my good for nothing son employ him. And they did. And um I uh, haven't enough imagination to have left so you know, that's that's a great 42 41 years but the night before I started my mum gave me her Olympus trip 35 and showed me how to put a roll in for the first time and that was it that was that was the start so your first job was uh, in the UK no that uh, I moved to Australia in 71 so i got you right Okay. Yeah, gotcha. so no I was I, I worked for uh, Fletcher's Photographics oh, in uh, Swanson Street and Elizabeth Street in the early 80s so. yeah fantastic uh
0: what's your current camera
1: uh, Your current you... go-to camera, let's say um, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Hello. Yeah, is my most common. <laughs> if you ask me what camera do I shoot with the most, yep. But I've got a, a yeah, you know, a couple of 5D Mark IVs, Mark IIIs, 6Ds. Yeah, so yeah, you know, five or six of those laying around. Yep, so and, uh, yeah, so Canon. Yeah, all Canon. Yeah, so Canon, yep. Canon bodies, and nothing but Tamron lenses. So I haven't shot a photograph with a lens other than Tamron in twelve years, something like that. Yeah, twelve years yeah um what do you see the benefits of the
0: iphone what what, what's the main benefit you get out of shooting with the iphone
1: well immediacy for starters i mean yeah you always say shoot with the camera you've got now the quality is certainly good enough um and i think yeah that that um, here's an example i was away camping on the weekend or away fishing on the weekend with a friend i hadn't seen in a few years so i took a bunch of photos of my iphone just because you know we're fishing so i'm not carrying camera gear but i'm taking a bunch of photographs And iphone uh, apple straight away makes a little movie for me no work involved lovely music titles thing all slapped together i share it with him job done so that's that's a great uh, thing to keep people socially interested in photographs um and I've shot I've shot travel photography on my iPhone, and some of my favourite travel photos I've taken have been on my phone because that can be less daunting to the people you're photographing, and that can be a thing too. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer it's not the tool, it's the tool using it. So <laughs> it's your ability to shoot, not the gear you shoot with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if you okay. if you're a,
2: if you're a bigger tool, you take. The bigger phones.
1: the tool, the bigger the camera you have to use. Yeah, awesome. right. so, gotcha. How big is yours, Cameron? Yeah. Uh,
2: well, if I got a dollar for every time I got ask that. Yeah, <laughs> <they'd> have 10 <laughs> I'd have, be, I'd have
0: about half a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your favourite camera of all time? That's he's a gonna, tough one. He's going to say yeah,
1: the iPhone. A, that's something almost kept me quiet for a few minutes. Look, <laughs> I, I've always been a big fan of the Olympus OM-1 or the Nikon FM. Um Yeah, they're they're just just beautiful. uh, There's something tactile about shooting with them. I think the modern cameras have lost. Uh, I know the Fujis try and uh, the Sonys a little bit, but there's just something about that (laughs) crank of the shutter. (laughs) We have have actually had that
2: ongoing on our show for a few weeks now, is that we think that it's the wind and the click that is... The, the, the you don't get that anymore on the camera you just get click 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 but yeah. the wi- yeah. the wind and the click is what sort of it brings back instant memories or some sort of instant of course, enjoyment i think that yeah. it, it yeah. comes back and uh yeah there's nothing better than winding on a bit of film and you know, and, just, and
1: you guys were also saying before that um yeah it slows you down well also the wind resets you so every time you yes, wind you yeah. reset to the next shot so yeah. 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 You, you've done okay, that photo is done click new page yeah, it's yeah. like turning a page in a book or tra- starting a new chapter. So yeah. um, th- there were some things to be said for that enjoyment of photography. And and when it comes to shooting film or digital, if you just do it for fun, do whatever makes you happy because it's yeah, exactly. your life. So you make yeah. do what makes you happy. There's a big difference between an amateur photographer and a pro photographer. Yeah. yeah. One's business, one's life satisfaction, and if it's the case, you do you damn well. Please, yeah. Yeah, and I guess like Brendan and I, like I
2: said, we shoot a little bit of film and a little bit of large format and all that kind of stuff. But it's never for, it's never for commercial use or making money out of. it. It's all just, for, just to get back to that passion. So I put on, like I said, an old vinyl that you love, listen the headphones, and just getting away, you know, going back in time for a bit and having a bit of fun, and yeah,
1: which is what it should Costale's be. Style is not what it used to be though, Cameron. No, it's not. No, <laughs> no it's not. <laughs> Mm. Um,
0: he's got something for every every moment doesn't he i'm, I'm curious about this question and, and, and i thought about putting it in and not, I, i've got a i've a feeling i've got a feeling i know how you're going to answer this who's your favorite
1: photographer I haven't got one
0: yeah that's exactly oh, no. how i thought you'd answer it <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I don't i i follow almost no the only photographers i ever follow are ones i know Okay. okay so I follow you guys um uh, by by sheer chance last time I was in India uh, I picked up a couple of strays at a hotel to uh, uh, to take them to its holy festival because they had no idea where to go and we're sitting on a bus and sharing details. And I said, I'll oh, yeah, put your name down there and I'll follow you on Instagram sort of thing. And the kid goes, oh, you're already following me. I said, no, I'm not, I don't follow anybody. And there's <laughs> this young kid, this young kid I've been following for about five years who was having this argument with his parents about becoming a photographer. He was in high school and he wanted to quit and become a professional photographer. And they said, no, no, you're going to college. And it was that fight. I was watching to see what happened. And he's in the deserts of Angola at the moment, photographing for the last eight days for his upcoming book. So he's, he's done all right for himself. We should, you should get him on the show, guys. I think you'd love him. This guy called Andrew Studer. Um, now, the closer answer to what photographer do I like, I mean, I've never really paid much attention to other photographers' work, past or present, but who I, the person I like who, who thinks the most interestingly about photography is a guy called David Duchemin. So D U C H E M I N. His um, thought approach to why we shoot and and what stories we're trying to tell. I find are excellent. He's got some really good books and I would highly recommend people. He's got some, lots of resources to download for free. So I would uh, recommend people have a, uh, people have lost their fojo, you know, the photo mojo, um, (laughs) good place to talk to him. Uh, If you want to be um, a storyteller photographer, good, good resource to look at. Um, But unfortunately, as far as actual photos is concerned, I don't have any. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't pick one particular photographer that you know you would say you is know, a favorite. No, yeah, you know, I see photos. Oh, I like that. And I see photos. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. And yeah, and, yeah.
0: So, are you the kind of person that sees a photo that they like
1: and then wants to know more about the photographer, or just well, move to the next image, next photo? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm uh, very self obsessed. So if it's not about me, why would I want to watch it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you're going to watch this episode then? Good point. Actually, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just that natural lack of, the, the only photographic books I own are the ones people have given me. Um, a, I have, a, I have a, a natural uncuriosity about that. I mean, and, and someone asked me um, recently, what do I love about, you know, why do I love photography? And I said, well, I'm not really sure I do. Uh, but I do love it, the reason it gives me to go out. Yeah, in tours especially, I can go travelling places, no worries at all. But having a camera in hand gives you a reason to be out there and it gives you a reason to engage with people. It gives you a reason to, to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, and and it's the doing I love, not the image. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, And I think it. that's what oh, that's comes right. across.
0: Sorry to cut you off, but I think that's yeah. what comes across in your imagery is it's not so much the actual, um, the art of the photography that comes through. It's the way you capture the places that you're in, Um I think that's, that there, there is a differentiation there and you can yeah. really tell that you immerse yourself. Now, this is more of a landscape show, so we, we're going to probably go towards that a bit more, but your travel photography, like some of the images, which I'll put up on the screen somewhere if you don't mind me stealing them and Those showing them off yeah. on here. Um, it really does come... There's one behind you, actually, which is quite quite a famous... Uh, well, I've seen all that photo many, many times. It To me, it comes across that you, you do love... When you are traveling and when you are in these environments, and the tool you have to express how much you love it yeah. is the camera. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I said so the end result I could care almost less about, you know, um, the, the end result is really a, a marketing tool to try and get people to come on tours and pay me money. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, to come and share the experience with, and all the all the all the feel good stuff that goes along with that. But at the end of the day, again, it's, it's mercenary. It's a business. I need to feed my family. Yeah. I need people to come on tour. Um, I mean, I, said, I only sold my first ever works three weeks ago thanks to the help of you lovely brendan and when i when we, we sold a bunch of prints and you you fantastically printed them for me um for one of my indian guides has been doing it incredibly tough with no work for two years so i mean i've never i've never even printed my own photos yeah the last last 10 15 20 years other than photos of the kids which are the only photos that really mean anything to me i've never even bothered printing my work out you know um, so and the only reason this one there's marketing you can see it's down the bottom down here yeah. uh, it was done at a trade show someone wanted to do it to promote their print on metal um, do you do printing on metal Brendan? No, I don't. Okay, so print to metal, lovely people. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, ask for Marie, Marie, tell her I sent you. Uh, yeah, but that's it. There's liaisons with stuff like that. It's about the only time, or you know, if I do you know covers of magazines or um, yeah, articles or books or whatever where it's got my photos in it, it's about the only time they get printed. Yeah, so you may. Main... It's, it's the next photo. Yeah. What, yeah. What's my favorite photo? The next one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And having seen you at work, at the workshops that you ran, ran at my shops. Um, you are like that. It seems like you your attention span for the image you're working on is over once you click and yep. then it's right next. Let's go yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. It's dead to me
1: and so are you. Yeah. Next yeah. person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no it, it's quite serious. That like you, you you take your photo and you maybe glance at it on the screen like, right, let's go and let's let's go and find some some more light. Yeah. Um, got where, two two questions where, left in first for you. Just so.
2: on that though, where 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 does the photo end up though if you're visualizing a photo telling that story taking the shot then bang that's it move on yeah then where where does that photo end up for you like it it just sits on a hard
1: drive but then it doesn't see the light of day so well, it goes to instagram and facebook and then yeah get shoved down the queue all as new new ones go on top you know
2: yeah and then they yeah. set on
1: hard drives until the hard drives die yeah but that, that that's like that's a life's work
2: of images and experiences yeah. and passion and all that kind of stuff that sits on a hard drive you know, don't you feel like the complete process is to to share that passion and love and experience with everyone that loves your work like if you're just sort of hiding them on a high, on hard drives um i feel like that's only two-thirds of the work done in regards to the whole process of the story being told and about what you're all about and the passion you have um
1: it's almost I don't like, like
2: people it's almost, it's almost i was going to say it's almost like you're you, you don't want the recognition or you don't uh, you don't like the attention of what your images could bring to you as an artist uh as opposed to you know someone else who flogs their images out prints them out posts them everywhere uh and gets all the accolades you seem to be quite happy and content just to have the up here and not necessarily out in the world it's it's an interesting look on things
1: yep yeah. spot on cool righto We've
0: got two questions left in, in, in burst mode, which has gone 15 minutes longer than I'd planned. And that's
1: great. Well scripted. I'm allowed that. <laughs> uh, yeah. For
0: some unknown reason, you've got one photo left that you can take. What would you want it to be?
1: Oh, My children happy. I love it. Yeah. See, now there's
0: three dads sitting here. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just to see them in a life that's not, that they haven't created dramatic complications that they've got a path that's going to work out well for them. Yep.
0: You, you've, taken oh, some, you've taken some pretty stunning photos of your beautiful girls uh, over, over the journey as well. And I hope you don't mind if I do pop a couple of them up on the screen while we're talking because uh, they are absolutely magic. Um, big motivation for you? Not really. Inspiration?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> They're just my kids, you know? They're just my yeah. kids and um, you want to mark that passage of time. Uh, with a photo, I, when I used to go see my mum and dad before they passed, you know, um, I always used to take my camera and said, "Now I'm coming to do your coffin shot, mum. I'm coming to do your coffin shot." <laughs> <laughs> and every time you we visit them, you'd line them up and, and say, yeah, "Here's your coffin shot done." You know, and guess where the last photos were? You know? Yeah, on the On their coffins. Uh, yeah. Those photos are so so important, you know, mm. because. Yeah, if anyone's been to a funeral and seen this blurry eight by ten of Uncle oh, Larry that was taken out of a bar yeah. back, is at the back of a barbecue, picking his nose by the fence, that's the best photo they got of him. Yeah. That's a Kiss the cook apron on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and, yeah. and the other O is slightly obscured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, think, so that's, yeah. that's, that's 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 the thing, you know, it's, it's those photos that we have to take are the ones that, that mean the most to us have to be those who mean the most to us. Yeah.
2: And I think Absolutely. I think you sort of touched on it briefly there as well. And I I'm I'm a big believer of this that what what we do, it doesn't matter what you're shooting, what you are as a photographer, we're capturing time. Yeah. And, t- and time is just, as we all know, everything going on in the world, time is just precious. And if you can capture those moments that you love yourself, like I think I'm a little bit like you, Glenn. I know I put my work out there a lot, but like to me, it's all about that moment. Like it's yeah. not, it's not necessarily what happens after the fact, but it's more about the moment that I experience with myself or wife or kids or customers yeah. or whatever it is. And I think that's lost a lot in people taking photos that don't actually consciously think that, hey, I'm actually capturing a moment in time that's really important to me. Yeah. And and I need to cherish that. And I think a lot of people just like you said, those click, 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 click and burn through a memory card and you know, they've got six thousand shots of the same scene without actually realizing what they've sort of experienced. And I think it's, it's important on. that people take their time, capturing time, as I say, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a really unique
1: thing that we are able to do. I mean, that whole thing about the, the decisive moment, I'm not sure if, yes, there are decisive moments, but those moments can last for a couple of hours. You know, those, yeah. those moments are times that happen and things that happen in our lives, the events or people or places we go to that we want to memorialize in imagery. And that can go over several hours, but each of those moments that we capture, we want to do our best yeah. to tell that. And I said, to me, photography is all about storytelling. Why take the photo unless you're trying to say something to the person who's going to look at it? Because yeah. you, you, you already know what happened. You were there. You saw it. You remember it. Yeah. The photo isn't really for you. It's for the person you're trying to show and get them to understand you know, your message or your joy, your feeling, your uh, elation of being in that place at that time.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's very
1: very good answer.
0: Um, so, look, I suppose with the with the rapid fire or the burst mode that we've been doing, you you have already given whether you wanted to or not, given everyone a lot of advice. But if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, when it go comes do to it, Paul's well, waiting for it. Quit now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like. like would there be one piece of advice that you would give to... Look, we have a lot of listeners who, are, you know, they're, they're very enthusiastic um, yeah, photographers good. and very, very keen to advance their craft and, and get, as, get as much knowledge as they can. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking to a guy like yourself who's been in the game for quite some time now, 40-plus years, do you have one piece of advice that comes to you to the front of mind?
1: Uh, for f- professional or wannabe professional photographers, my advice always is, Spend more money learning how to run a business and less on learning how to take photos um, because if you can't run a business, you'll be bankrupt regardless. Uh, for amateur photographers is ignore critics, ignore judges, do what makes you happy. You know, um, No photo is perfect. I've taken God knows how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of images and yeah, I could probably count in my hand the ones I actually really like. You know? So no photo is perfect. They're never going to be. They've got to make you happy. If it's not making you happy, there's too many stresses in this world already. Why the hell are we adding photography to it? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be brilliant. You just have to love what you were doing when you did it. And if you enjoy what you're doing, the photo's a benefit, the side yeah, benefit. Of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It speaks also to um, a topic we ticked off about 10 episodes ago talking about um, mental health and yeah. how, how fantastic an avenue
1: of photography is to help yeah. with your state of being absolutely yeah just getting outdoors sometimes is everything you know and if you if a camera gives you the excuse to go out then that can change you know, a lot of how you feel about the world and yourself you know sitting indoors all the time isn't there? and we found that especially here in melbourne during lockdown for two oh. years you know, being stuck indoors is a tough place to be sometimes so yeah. getting it's important
0: yeah that no, was a, it was a pretty ordinary time to be uh, a photographer really um Yeah, found myself taking a lot of photos indoors, Um, (laughs) which sort of segues a little bit in a weird way. Um, Your travel photography is fantastic. Um, There's no question about it. Do you put that down to, you know, you had a lot of experience leading up to before you started travelling and teaching travel photography. So when you got to these fantastic locations, um, you can name a few countries that you've been to to, to, on, on, on your tours.
1: Now, yes, I, do, I mostly do tours to places like India, Bangladesh, Myanmar, Vietnam, etc. So, I, I, lo- I love the the, the the East Asian countries, you know. They're, yeah. um, yeah, I love I'm a people photographer, so I like to go where people are, are interesting, you know, and that's a, it's a, a big thing. So, okay,
0: so do you have a favored country that you like to shoot? Most? Like, you have an affinity to
1: one place? Well, I, I love India, India is just a remarkable place to shoot. Um, but, uh, and, and if I had a choice, I could only return to one place to shoot, it would be India. But probably my preferred place at the moment would be Bangladesh, simply because it's like an unknown frontier where there's not a lot of Westerners out there shooting and there's a lot of opportunities to photograph a world that really has is is gone 20, 30, 40 years ago in a lot of areas of the world. You know, the you know, people building ships by hand, I mean, metal container ships by hand, uh, yeah, hauling up sheets of metal themselves that doesn't doesn't happen in all the places still in this world so yeah it is a bit like a time machine in some ways going back and be able to shoot in some of those places so as a as a photographer who lives for the experience that kind of thing's really good but if you love color and people and festivals and action India is unmissable basically mm-hmm. and it's safe and it's uh, you can travel clean and safe and happy and stress-free and see incredible things and meet incredible people and take great photos.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about India and it's definitely on my list. And and so I've heard a lot of it being a very welcoming country for people are photographers.
1: Well, here's the thing, if, you, if I always say this to my clients who are often uh, fairly reticent to walk up to complete strangers to ask to take their photograph, is in India, they will call you over and demand you take their photographs. So <laughs> it quickly breaks that barrier. If, you, if you're a little bit shy about it, you won't be after the first day. You yeah. know, uh, there's, there's, the Western concept of um, you know, personal space is very different in a place with 1.3 billion people. Yeah, and they're the loveliest people majority of the time, you know. Yeah. And I certainly feel safer walking around the streets in India than I do. Um in Brisbane, for example. Brisbane at night I found probably the most unsafe place I've walked in the world. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. And the place I felt the least safe. Uh, so it's it's and I've you know walked places where people have come up in India said, don't go down there, you'll get killed. So yeah, I still, still felt safer there than Brisbane. So. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't
2: wearing, wearing a North Melbourne jumper in Brisbane, were you? Not this weekend. Not this weekend. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so.
0: <laughs> so um, let's do a bit more of a dive into your, into your travel photography stuff. When you, when you are packing for a trip to India, for example, what, what goes into the bag? What, what, what's the first thing into the bag as far as your photographic equipment is concerned?
1: Uh, Well, because I'm a tour leader, my gear is quite more overloaded than it would be if I was traveling for myself. So, I mean, I'm packing their flash triggers for every brand of camera I know is coming on tour. Uh, And I'm I'm packing uh, LED lighting panels, off-camera flash gear. Um, But, look, if I could pare things down to the least I would ever need would be one body, one body. Something ultra wide. I love shooting ultra wide travel stuff. So like a fifteen to thirty, and something like a seventy to two hundred. I could I could shoot ninety five percent of all the things I need in travel with those two lenses. Um, and I because I shoot people, I like to be able to control the light. Now that could either mean me moving them into places where the light is better, which is my first protocol. Um, whenever I approach someone to to take the photograph I'm smiling at them but at the corner of my eyes I'm looking for where's the light good to shoot them in and if I can find good light I'll I'll ask to move them to that spot if you can't find good light then I will set up a light and say well I need to control the mood of the shot that I'm going to get by controlling where the light comes from so um, you look so
2: much better in those
1: just so that yeah, five this seconds? Is, this, this, this yeah, is that,
2: that's, that's yeah. such a good improvement.
1: <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, but so, but, but my normal gear would be a 15 to 30, um, maybe a 35, 1.4, a 70 to 200. Uh, I, I don't shoot 24 to 70. I've, you know, I have not a lot of need in that focal range. Uh, and depending on the tour, maybe I'll take a 100 to 400 with me right. as well. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's, okay. that's, a bit, so, that's a bit of weight. That's a bit of weight to carry around. Yeah, I
1: normally carry about eighteen and nineteen kilos of camera gear, and then I yeah, kind of shove the clothes in the other little nooks and crannies around in it in the yeah. lens hoods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Clothes are overrated, Glenn. We know this. Yeah. So um, I, I use. I'm, a, I'm an ambassador for a company called R Strap, which are you know, over the shoulder sort of you know, gunslinger style. So what are they called? What are R- they? R- yeah, can we say that again for us? R straps.
0: Ah. Strap. Oh, R <laughs> space <laughs> strap. All right, space strap. All right.
1: Australia and England doesn't work if you've got yeah, Americans. Yeah, uh, I, I, I wasn't that.
0: sure what an ass trap was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the Black Rapid straps is probably a better name for them. Uh, right. So the good okay. thing about this is they, they go, I, I wear two of those, over, uh, over, one over each shoulder and one body on each side and one and a 15 to 30 on one, a 70 to 200 on the other, and you're always ready to shoot. Um, travel photography is um, fleeting moments of things happening and if you need to change lenses you're going to miss 60 percent of the photos that are going to be available to you um it might be 70 but i'm not sure because 47 uh, of all my stats are made up on the spot um, um speaking yeah. about stats well, um just just on that if you're
2: carrying two cameras and sometimes you see a lot of that with sometimes landscape photographers they'll have a telephoto on a wide angle do you set your cameras up identical in regards to settings iso which mode you're shooting in, or do you try and set maybe your telephoto with a bit of a higher ISO just so you can get that speed you need, or or do you just shoot how you think it's going to happen?
1: Yeah, everything's unpredictable, so you can only guesstimate anyway, but um, I normally have my bigger lens set up uh, bigger lens 70 to 200, uh, with something that's going to give you a slightly faster shutter speed because I don't have super steady hands, yeah. yeah. So that's and if you have to go really quickly to shoot, there's movement, there's all that stuff you have to take control of. So yeah. I kind of like to, I don't like shooting below about a thousandth of a second shutter speed. Um, so whatever I need to, on whatever the conditions of the day or the environment is with the 15 to 30, you got a lot more play and a lot more, yeah. It's a lot more forgiving. So and I'll try and get the ISO down to allow me to yeah, I can do 125, 180 shutter speeds if needs be. So and and as a plug for Tamron, because we know they're the best lens company
2: in the world. Not remotely. Yeah. Not remotely, but that's fine. They don't watch the show. They all sponsor it. Um, yeah.
1: Do they have image stabilizer on some of their lenses? Yeah, all that, almost all the lenses, except okay. for the ones that go on bodies that have built-in stabilizers. Here's right. the thing about Tamron. Tamron approached me a decade or so ago and asked me to do stuff for them. I do stuff for Tamron Japan, Tamron USA, Tamron Australia, uh, Tamron India, and... Um, it's not about the tool. Now, if, if you're teaching photography and you pull out a $20,000 lens and a $15,000 body, everyone thinks you're a good photographer because of the gear you use, you know. Um, if you pull out an accessible, a Sigma or a, a, a Tekina or a Tamron or a, a Laowa lens, whatever, uh, people see it's accessible. So it's important to have the right tool for the job, but it doesn't have to be the most expensive tool for the job. So, you know, uh, as I always say to someone, you know, you've got $3,000 to spend. Do you buy a $3,000 lens and sit at home and look at it? Or do you spend $1,500 on a lens that's maybe 95% as good, 98% as good, and spend $1,500 traveling somewhere to take photos? Yeah, that's right. I know what I'd yeah. rather do. I'd rather get yeah. out there and take photos. Secondly, if you're a working photographer, it's once again, it's about business. You don't spend 3000 you don't spend twice as much money for a 3 or 4% increase in quality. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's very rare that that makes good economical sense. Not many accountants would agree with you. Um, and <laughs> yeah. if, if the image quality uh, and is no, I mean, I show people a photo, no one's got a clue what lens, what brand of lens it's shot with, you know? They look, they judge it by its merit. And as long as each brand is producing quality gear, yeah, buy the lens that you like the most. three hundred at 300, 300,
0: 300 pixel by 300 pixel, you'll tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue the same goes for the body of the camera as well. We got, I get a lot of people coming in. I want to get into photography. Yeah. How much do I need to spend? And yeah. I, I say jump on eBay and find a secondhand SLR for three hundred and fifty bucks. It, de- Start it there.
1: depends on your end use. So I'm a little more persnickety when it comes to to bodies, only because I mean I shoot a lot of circumstances where I'm shooting at twelve thousand eight hundred ISO a really, really, really low light. Well, you want a camera that can produce shots at 12,800 that's actually recognisable of what the subject is. Mm-hmm. And not all cameras can do that. So if you have a certain uh, need, then you have to get the tool that does that need correctly. You know, uh, If you have to put in uh, 1,500 nails per day, you're not going to get a hammer. You'll get a nail gun. You know, So sometimes you need the right tool for the job. If you don't, if you shoot shoot in beautiful blue sunny sky every day, then it doesn't really matter. And spot on a a, a seven or eight or ten year old body is going to be perfectly fine. Uh, This whole full frame versus non full frame. Well, there's no such thing as full frame. All all cameras are full frame with the right lens on it, Uh, because all that means is the light covers the sensor fully. Um, So yeah, I'd rather save money again and pay money to come on a tour with me. I think, yeah. I, think what, I think what you just
2: said about the full frame there, I think yeah. that's going to resonate with a lot of people that listen and watch this show is because that, that's one of the biggest questions I get on my, my little trips away is, oh, is that camera full frame or is it micro four-thirds? I'm like, what's the yeah. matter? What, what does it, you know, as long as the lens is good, as long as the photo is good, as long as you have an idea what you're doing. Yeah. My iPhone's
1: full frame. Yeah. Because the light fully covers the sensor. Yeah. yeah it's a small frame it's a small full full frame it still it's covers it yeah. it's a right. small yeah. so yeah. it's, it's it's we have to be careful about the t- the marketing terminology versus the reality of what it takes to take a photograph you know yeah, no up, one that's ever, a topic
0: and, for a whole other podcast oh yeah and, the, and no one ever looks up to
1: a painter and says you know you know what size paintbrush are you using or you know how stiff your bristles yeah I mean, <laughs> you know, look at the end result not the tool you use to make it with yeah you know? that's so true yeah, absolutely.
0: When you're when you're traveling, what what are, are you looking? What, what triggers you to put the camera up to your eye? What What are you looking for? Is it all light all the time, or more subject? What What's your main trigger point for uh,
1: if raising that looking, camera? If I'm out looking to take, there's there's two there's two paths. If I'm walking down the street and find incredible light, if we have time, we will stop and wait for someone to come towards it. That's good. yeah If we're in a you know, fairly Empty. There's not like thousands of people standing around. If I see incredible light, I'll say, "Wow, that's great!" Is there somewhere here to shoot? Okay. If we're walking the streets and you know looking for photographs to take, then uh, anything I, I have a reaction to. So if something makes me smile, makes me laugh, makes me a bit oh, or a bit scared, or a bit repulsed, or a bit frightened. Anything I react to, I want to shoot because hopefully, if I can shoot that in a way that captures that emotion that that reaction well people when they look at the photograph will have a reaction too and not just go nice because nice is the worst thing you can say about someone's photos <laughs> uh, yes it's a bit you like can say you hate it nice. great. if you hate it it's great yeah if yeah. you love it tell me why but don't that nice means nothing so you want wanna, people to react or yeah. feel or question or want to know more about it or yeah something that makes people react so if you're walking along and feeling things yeah or getting excited about something, well, find a way to shoot that and try to capture that emotion in the shot.
0: can yeah. Can I just expand on one of your answers there? Can you define your idea of incredible light? Um,
1: not easily. Right. Um, so so uh, incredible light is is just you know you've got great con maybe contrast is a, is good light with good contrast in it is good. So what I mean by that is, yeah you know, if I can, work with light and shadows on a subject it doesn't have to be great light it has to be good light it has to be more than just a diffuse all around you light which is very hard to work any emotion with but if I can find some a window let's say here that I can get someone to stand here and get some shadow play so I've got some light and dark that gives me some emotion to work with some tension to work with then that's what I'm going to do but doesn't have to be this is a four dollar torch from Kmart yeah it doesn't have to be Great light, just light I can work with and do something with, Um, and the light will will, will, the light will tell the story for you. So, yeah, you're not going to find really hard, strong, dramatic, punchy light and put a gentle little girl in there looking all soft because it's not going to work. You know, she needs to be adding that soft, more gentle light. But if you get a craggy faced old man, you don't want him in that soft light. You want him in somewhere where you can see some of those wrinkles and some of that drama. So, what I'm looking for is light and what it's doing and how can I use it? And what story is the light telling? If the light's saying something like, oh, I'm strong. Or oh, is there someone here I could take advantage of that with? And then you go up, smile to somebody and, and then ask, do you mind if I take your photograph? If they say yes, they generally don't mind walking 10 feet across the road or something to uh, where they'll get a good one of them. Because if you're gonna have your photo taken, you want it to be good. Yeah, you know, yeah. so people generally won't object. So if that does that make sense about lights? Oh, 100%. Yes yeah yeah
0: yeah it's great i mean as i say because i've seen you in action um you have a knack i think of finding good light um we we went for a walk around the main street of ocean grove and we found ourselves in an alleyway heading towards a car park and you stopped and i'm like what the hell and then i realized and all you did was put your hand out yeah to study the light yep I, think I mean, your, your,
1: your hand has uh, yeah wrinkles on it, it has bones, it has structure. Yeah, you can see what light is doing just by moving your hand in it. You can have soft light on someone's face by having them facing directly at the light. And as they move away from the light, that texture in the in the in the wrist in the bones start to come out. That'll tell your story. What story are you telling? This one or this one? Yeah, which one works best for what you're trying to do. So you know, I do this a lot, my hand out when I'm walking down the streets of places because I'm looking at the uh, it's, it's more habit than that because i can see it in here anyway but that 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 helps other people see what i'm looking at yeah you know? yeah
0: i and think they're translating think that as well yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think light is one of those ones that's really
2: really hard to bit like composition it's really quite hard to teach people who don't get it yeah ha- how to how to get it so yeah. people either see light or they don't see light or they either see a composition or don't see composition i think i think that comes with experience and time sometimes it's natural but I think yeah. with experience, people start seeing things a bit differently when they're looking, like I said, they're looking for that light and how they can use it to their advantage and how they can tell the story with their yeah. subject. Um, I think that's really good advice that, you know, if people are looking to do street photography or travel photography, you know, what you've just said there about the light and how I can use it and how I can move people around or move my subject to make that light work for you. Um, surely that's got to make the
1: whole process a lot easier if, they, if they're identifying that straight away. Absolutely. I mean, the good thing is you can see light. Yeah, this is a great thing about natural light or any constant light source. You can show someone it. One of the hardest things to teach is flash photography, Um, even though it's a a thing I love to use, but the light's not there until the photo's taken. So it's a lot harder to teach and get people to visualize. But I can show someone that in my hand and they can see it. You can get the subject to move a bit and they can see it. So you learn really, really fast. It's like digital versus film again. You can see it really fast. You can ramp up your skills really fast. And what you'll find is, once you start looking for light, you can't stop seeing it. And you'll start. You'll you'll go to the movies, and you'll see the movie. And And my wife, as soon as I go to the movies, she knows. Yeah, I know the light. Yeah, it's it's like you can't. You can't help but see light everywhere you go once you start looking for it. And yeah. Yeah. That's one of the great things about being a photographer, whatever your skill level is you do see the world in a way no one else does. Yeah. And it's a brilliant thing. Yeah. so It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, you don't have to have your camera with you because you know, you're always taking photos. Yeah. You're always seeing the photos. And um, yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky that we can travel to places and see them in ways no one else gets to see them. Yeah. I think I've had a few customers and
2: messages from people saying, Oh, you're, you're the way you live must be unreal. The way you see things. I'm like, but it's all. Everyone can see it. It's always yeah. there. Yeah. It's just how we see it a bit differently as photographers. And you know, how many photos have you taken in your brain driving along in a car? You know, Absolutely. looking out looking out the window. And,
1: you know if all three of us stood together photographing the same thing, we'd all shoot it differently. Yeah. Uh, it. So we all see differently. We all have, yeah. We all have our own personalities and experiences yeah. in life, which dictate how we see and therefore how we shoot. So yeah. um, I, that's why I find it hard to teach someone how to take a style of photograph. But I can teach to teach them how the elements and the, you know, the, the light, the composition, the framing, the mood, but what story you tell them, and always has to be up to you. Person,
0: yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Um, so moving away a
0: little bit from that, what, what do you credit as the biggest um, technical advancement or technological advancement in photography that has driven it in a good direction or driven it forward? Is it purely just digital photography has revolutionised to a point where, um, you know, it 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 was for the greater good, or do you find it was something else that's come along that's better than better than that to drive
1: uh, photography forward? Uh, it's it's multi pronged answers again. Uh, I would somehow say the iPhone, um, which yes is digital, so we could say digital before that, but the iPhone has 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 got. Cameras into everyone's pocket, or the the, the modern phone has got uh, has got everyone carrying a a camera everywhere. So the amount of photographs being taken per day now, are exponentially enormously higher than it's ever been in the past. So if we were to ever credit, well, what what's made photography get to the masses, we'd have to say that. I mean everywhere you, I was at the concert a couple of nights ago, all you could see was phones. You know, um, the, so that's a, that's a huge. But whether it's for the better is another matter altogether as far as, yeah, we all know, yeah, you've got 12 or 14,000 photos on your phone. You don't see any of them. So Yeah, that's a, that's a, good, good.
0: a good example, and I know you don't mind watching the odd AFL match, was Buddy Franklin's 1,000th goal the other night. Yeah, There was people, people, it was happening right in front of your very eyes in the most yeah. HD you could ever imagine, but they had to have that phone above their yeah. head. It, 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 I've I find. Yeah. Well, it's the trophy, right? It's, it's to show people that they were there. But, but they don't often show people.
1: They shoot. Yeah. And it's, well, that's the irony of it. The, the, <laughs> I, I knew the world had changed. I knew that that treasure, that, that needing to hold on to the photo and, and that, that I was there moment changed. When I think it was the last Pope that died, and they showed a photo of him lying in state. It was encircled by people all with their phones over the top of him. And oh, I'd never yeah. seen a photo like that before. That was like This is quite a long time ago now. And all of a sudden it's like, my God, the world's changed. We've had a huge shift. This is, you, you, know, you would have seen a press pack, but not a human pack, you know? Yeah. Not a pack of yeah. just normal people behaving in that way. And that was an, an enormous shift, you know? Um, so I, I would say that if you do go to concerts, the, most, most, most concert photographers are allowed to shoot the first three songs and they've got to get out. My advice would be is don't shoot the first three songs. Actually enjoy the moment for a while then shoot, you know, and um, you'll have plenty of photos at the end of the day, but you've got that, what you paid money for and experience, you've got that time to enjoy it. Um, you yeah, know, we've got to, it's the same with your travel. You can't shoot all the time. Sometimes you've got to put the camera down and just look, you know, and every, every day on tour, I make people put their cameras down for, during some amazing event for just a couple of minutes, just to save at a moment, because if we don't, what's the point, Yeah. You know? With
2: With those advances in photography, and being yeah. someone who's been shooting, since the sixties, which is well before my time, just putting it out there. Um, do you find that the advancement in technology and photography is a good thing for photography in regards to being someone
1: who's got a passion for it? Do you think that's put it in the right direction or do you think it's- Yeah, absolutely, mean, Because people can learn faster. And, and I think it, we need to learn, um, at, at least we need to get past the frustrating elements of learning photography. And, the, and what you'll find, if you can learn a little bit quicker and become at least competent a little bit quicker, you'll stick with it longer. Yeah. If you like golf, if you can't ever hit a ball straight, you're not going to do it for much longer. Yeah, you're going yeah, to you're going to give up fairly quickly. But yeah. if you can if you can get to a point where yeah, you're having some successes, yeah. then you, you've got the impetus to keep on moving forward. And digital's allowed that because. Even if, oh, that was no good, oh, shutter speed, oh, fix it, and do yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's really important. So I think that that digital has been a, a massive, I would even go so far as saying a saviour for photography. So, I mean, I remember well what the, the market was like before digital, and it was a niche market. It was, yeah, uh, yeah a small percentage of people were out taking photos yeah. plus mum, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now we have hundreds of thousands millions of more photographers in the world yeah and um in the conflict in ukraine right now you're getting these people shooting images that's yeah we can't get away with stuff like we people used to do in the past because there's someone recording everything all the time that's right proves there's no ufos because there's so many cameras out there now we'd have better photos
0: and and the irony of all that is there's less camera stores around than ever
1: yeah yeah it's it's a, (laughs) a tragedy an absolute tragedy um I, I love an online shop, but there's nothing better than talking to someone for advice. And yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't matter where. You, if you live in Abu Dhabi, yeah, call Ocean Grove, call up Brendan and say, "Look, yeah, you know, send it to me. I'll have it. talk to someone." You know, you'll, you'll, you'll yeah. If someone's got a passion, yeah, share that passion with them. You know, yeah. that this, I think this is one of the, the the greatest compliment I ever I ever got from running workshops is. Um, I love coming to workshops because everyone there understands my passion. Yeah, no one in my family gets why I am why I need to stop 14 times in a day trip to get yeah. out of the car and take photos. Yeah. But everyone at that workshop understood. It's not even about me that it wasn't oh gee, you taught me so much. It's all the other people I sat with and had lunch with, yeah. they got me and I got them. Yeah, you know, it's a huge thing. That community is a huge thing. That's the experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and knowing that you're not a freak about it, you know, there's, 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 it's not a strange obsession or a strange passion. Yeah. Thousands and millions of other people share it. And so you've got to kind of rub shoulders with those people from time to time.
2: I, I remember when I was, you know, when I first started working with you guys, with you Glynn and then you Brendan, I, I used to go out with rolls of film after work, walk along yeah. the Yarra, take photos, and people would look at you strangely. Yeah. They'd be like, "What have you got a tripod set up? What, what, what are you taking a photo of the bridge for? That doesn't yeah. make any sense." Like, and they just keep walking past. But now, like you said, it's more inclusive. It's yeah. it's not looked at as if you're some sort of arty freak who wants to go out and take photos of stuff. It's
1: unless you're still unless you're still shooting film, then you are unless you're still shooting film, which some of us might be really on. <clears> oh, <yeah>. Wow, <laughs> that's a, a, a callback. I love a callback. <laughs> Naked <ancient laughs> mongrels may 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 snidely look at you. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, so with all that in mind where where do you see us heading what, what's what's next Glenn? I mean what, what where do you see the industry moving I mean clearly, you know the device in everyone's pocket we well we, we're there
1: yeah it's it's, it's going to be yeah. fascinating
0: to see what comes next don't you think
1: it's a, it's a start yeah we, we we've got to the starting line you know uh, I don't think I don't think we're anywhere near the finish uh, I think artificial intelligence uh, and computational photography is uh, the enormous shift that's going to come. you know, All those photos that people take that are slightly out of focus will be able to be fixed. All those photos that are a little bit of blur will be able to fix. All those photos that exposure is no good will be able to be fixed. Um, that photograph that you wish Uncle Larry had been there for, you'll be able to easily put Uncle Larry in there. Um, so so having computers do a lot of the, lot of the heavy lifting for editing Um Uh, And and uh, fixing of stuff will mean no bad photos going forward, theoretically. You know, a lot of fixing of stuff,
0: a lot of fixing of stuff in camera as well. I think is going to yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, I'm I'm not. You you kind of hope they would, but you know, I always hope they'd put apps into cameras, like yeah, things like Snapseed and yeah, things that have yeah, like Instagram filters into cameras. And I think I think the camera industry missed a huge opportunity to stay involved in what people were enjoying doing by keeping their cameras too traditional um and and they paid the price a little bit for that um i think it was a lot of room for that uh, so i hope they do get on to doing some of this ai some of this yeah maybe a little little, little uh, remember the old bouncing paperweight back in the uh, so paper clip back in microsoft word oh yeah to, yeah to give you advice well maybe a that horrible thing, thing little bouncing roller film telling you how to improve your shot or you know there's so much growth for for elevating people's photography um but whether the the images will be more interesting because of it i don't think so so that's it I mean, at some stage i kind of think that we'll get back to there'll be a few great photographers yeah percentage wise and lots of amateurs like it always was now it seems that like everyone has got a camera as a professional but um or want to be professional but yeah there's going to be less people uh at the higher higher echelon because it's you know, to to stand out you've got to be phenomenal rather than just really good do you think um, do, you, do you think thing. we'll
2: ever get to a point where it's not photography anymore like do we do we get to people a point might say we're there already yeah do we get to a point where we say hey i'm not taking photos I'm, yeah. I'm creating pixels or yeah. whatever it might be
1: but so that's why I think it's really important that you've got to enjoy the doing if you can't enjoy the doing the yeah. end result will never satisfy you that's right uh, yeah. when the end result is going to be so controlled by things maybe out of your control it can't be the end result the actual yeah. going out and doing has to be 90 percent of your fun
2: yeah
1: and if you yeah. can't make it that you're never going to get that that's why people have photo mojo problems mm. is because they're either adding the stress of desperately trying to get great photographs. Yeah. Um. Not just simply going out and having fun, Yeah. enjoying yeah. and the end result, who cares what it's like? Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, um, and,
2: and in my experience as well, if you, you know, you, you've got that mojo issue, if you go out in that that mode, like you said, the, the end result's never going to be where you yeah. think it's going to be. But if you go out with no stresses, relaxed, and it's yep. the passion and love about just going out into the, the wilderness or out to the, the travel or whatever you might be doing, you, you're going to, you are going to get shots because yeah. what you're feeling and what your experience transfers into your camera
1: and yeah, what you Jay see Maisel, the uh, great new york land uh, street photographer shooting new york streets for 50 plus years mm. and when it asked well how do you keep it fresh how do you go out there and we still want to do it after 50 plus years he says i'll just go out with a blank mind yeah I'll just shoot what i see you know and that's kind of if we can do that and have uh, enjoyed that unexpectedness yeah. then we're going a long way to enjoying our photography
2: I guess, I guess you could say that we're the actual film plane, what, what we see, you know, what, what we are as the film plane, not the memory card or not the film. Yep. It's, we're, we're embedding that image on us. Yep. And uh, I think that's what's important about getting out and enjoying it. And like I said, having a clear mind and not putting too much stress on yourself about it.
1: And I think, I think if you have uh, issues with um, photo mojo, it's because you're trying to please other people. mm a lot of people's ideas about, yeah, likes and clicks on, on on Facebook or whatever, as opposed to just trying to satisfy yourself, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. My goal per year when I'm actually working is to take six to 10 photographs that I really like. Yeah. That's it. If I can do six, most years I don't even get that many, but if I can take six to 10 photos, I've had a great year. Yeah. And I go to amazing places, see amazing things day in, day out, and we're shooting for 12 hours a day, you know, six photos. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and I've had a good year. yeah This is the yeah. point where Brendan
2: says, "Don't forget to like and
1: subscribe." So we. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, yeah. You know? This is this is the same. though you guys doing this? It's the same as people coming to my workshop. It's a hanging out, yeah, virtually with people who share share a passion that you have a passion for, and I applaud yeah. you for it. You know, yeah, yeah, it's a great thing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think the way the reason we started this was more so Cam and I could chew the fat. Like Cam came here to my backyard, we had a barbecue, like what was it cam you know mid-year last year yeah and we just got talking photography and it just bouncing backwards and forwards and it was weird because it, i felt really comfortable in that space with another photographer head you know another person yeah. who who gets it and it's like you know we could we could make a podcast out of this of just better, bouncing better backwards than, than Glins. Yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> well, that was the whole drive no. And, and you know, and then we're right in the midst of COVID as well. And it was like, yeah, yeah we need this. This is this is important for us. And it's mentality. also, yeah. and the feedback we're getting from our listeners. And and might I just say is we do need to wrap this up because we could talk all night. I just want to say this has been lovely. It's been really, really good. A, to see you. Uh, fantastic to see you, Glenn. Uh, And also just to listen to you because I think you are a photo head, whether you like it or not. You're a photo tragic, like like myself and Cam. And um, I think your take on photography is very, very refreshing. And I think,
1: hopefully, our, our viewers and listeners have got a lot out of it. I hope so. And uh, I'm back again next week, did you say? Sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you ever want me back sometime in the future, I'd be happy to come back too. Well, so. we,
0: we, we do occasionally need a guest host when that guy, that guy over there disappears on, on his tours. Or maybe I might disappear. Who knows?
1: Yeah, really nice. mm. I've taken uh, eight landscape once by mistake. Yep. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was shooting. I was shooting a person in front of a the landscape. They walked off just as I pressed the button. You went whoops! Oh, no. oh. yeah. I,
2: I, me- I remember the workshop we did at Cradle Mountain. We did a, a split portrait workshop and landscape workshop. And and like, you know, you can help out with doing this, and I learned a bit of this about portrait stuff. He goes, and I don't really know much about landscape, and I'm not going to shoot landscape, but I'll give it a go, and I'll be there. And it was just a perfect romance of yeah. you know what we were doing and. Uh, we're at Cradle Mountain. It was a beautiful thing. But, um, yeah, again, I'll, I'll reiterate what Brendan said. It's great to see you. And uh, I know we caught up uh, whenever it was when you came down here not long ago. Every with your last t- year, wasn't
1: February it? February
2: last year, and you crashed yeah. on the couch. We went to Port Arthur and had a great laugh. Um, I love you to death, mate. You've always been a great friend, and uh, you helped me a lot in the uh, early days, uh, especially in, on that sales floor that was a mosh pit. Uh, <laughs> if people don't know, Glynn's a bit taller than me, so it was always nice to have a big brother on the sales floor to sort of pull you out of the mosh pit when you went missing and, and put you out to the front counter. So yeah, it's been awesome to talk and um, yeah,
1: definitely have your back again. That's for sure. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. No worries I'm open to questions too. So if anyone has questions yeah, about stuff, yeah, just yeah. shoot me an email or whatever, and always happy to help out.
0: As always, we will link everything below, link everything, everything Glynn Lavender will be linked below in the description. So thank you for your time tonight, mate. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And uh,
0: we will see you all for episode 36 of the Down South Photo Show next week. Bye for now. Bye all. See you, mate.